0: You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Palace of Megapixels. This is Super Mega
0: Grand Brothers. TURNLE. Welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White, and with me is my co-host, Lacia Finley. Happy Monday, everybody. Hello. How have you been?
1: Getting along pretty good this week. It's been a little bit of a slower week since I haven't been working as much. I have found a lot of uh, free time isn't necessarily that good for me. I.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I can usually go on a, a vacation and think, ah, oh, yeah, I can do all this stuff, and then usually by the end of it, I'm like, I just I need something to do. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. you always think I'm going to be so productive and I'm going to get all these other things done, and I'm like, yeah, but then if I know I have too many days, I'm like, well, this I could do tomorrow, and then mm-hmm. four days later, yeah. I yeah, need a, that's all. I need to just be a better adult. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but it's all right. Uh, what have you been playing? You know, I this week I've been playing some really – chill simulation games like i actually picked up pc building simulator and it's exactly (laughs) how it sounds and i i don't even know how to hype it up for you to make it sound more exciting you literally pretend like you're you own a pc repair shop and people will send you things via email whether they need their pc built or repaired and you pick it up at the front door and you fix it And then you send it back and make money. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I have no idea why I picked this up. And I just, I I literally probably put in like eight hours in two days because it's just so calming and (laughs) relaxing that I'm just like, well, I'll pretend to build a bunch of PCs for people.
0: I mean, sometimes you need those kind of games. I mean, I got, when I got to play Donut County, that's what that was. It was just two hours of simple, basic gameplay and it was relaxing. It was just. It was nice, you know, so I I don't think it's a bad thing. You you need those every now and again.
1: But it's just that you're trying to explain it to somebody and you're like, no, it's all in the title. It's not hiding anything from you. It's not Mm -hmm. a, what the hell did you just say? It's a pretty much, yep, that's exactly what you meant to say and that's what it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that kind of makes me wonder if a lot of those that we we go through during that segment aren't just that. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what you expect.
1: That's what it was. So, How about you?
0: Uh, Spider-Man. Still Spider-Man. Nice. And I think I'm almost positive I'll probably beat it today. Oh, Because good. I've done... And when I say beat it, I don't mean just story. I mean 100% done. Because I've done a lot of the side missions. That's what I've been spending a lot of time on. Unlocking stuff. Upgrading. And I'm there. I'm on the third act. I'm ready to go. And... Ah, it looks like so stuff. much
1: fun. Every Everything I've been watching from it, it just looks like so much fun.
0: And, you know, I, I kind of glazed over the story in the review last week because I hadn't really gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. But now having gone through a great portion of the game with the story, the story is fantastic. And it's so good. Now, keep this in mind. It's so good that there was a character in the game you know Where that's going. You know, if you know anything about Spider Man, you know exactly how this is going to go. And when it happened, I had a genuine amount of what the F, you know? I was like, I can't, why? What is going on here? I knew this was going to happen, but they told it so well that when this reveal happened, you're like, why? What are you doing? So it was so great how they they pulled that emotion out of me so i'm I'm anxious to see where it's gonna go now because it's in a very interesting spot mm-hmm. so i can't wait to finish it today and and see where see where i get with it and, and see how the story goes so have been doing a lot of uh of avoiding spoilers and yeah. and that's been fairly easy so i'm excited to see where it goes yeah you just have to just not be on the internet ever yeah i mean that's pretty much it <laughs> So, but yeah, it's uh, fantastic, lots of Easter eggs, and obviously there was a lot of stuff that came out, and uh, we'll be talking about it in our news, so why don't we just get into our news?
1: Let's do that.
0: Okay, well, first of all, we're going to start with uh, some lesser news that's not very hype, but it's just ridiculous. It's that insanity that happened recently involving shots fired at the home of Twitch streamer Dr. Disrespect. Yeah, I heard about this. Now, apparently, during a stream, someone drove past his house and shot what has actually been confirmed as pellets from a BB gun into his upstairs window, as well as his car, just a day before. Now, luckily, no one was hurt, but police are investigating to find the person or persons responsible, looking for anyone that could have a grudge against Dr. Disrespect. Now, he does play... Uh, the combat games and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Like Call yeah, of like PUBG and stuff like. That, okay, yeah, yeah. So, from what I've seen, these games bring that out of people, for whatever yeah. reason. You know, this this anger, this hatred that that they're they're not winning, and from everything that we've seen here lately, this actually raises a question for me personally: is is this where Violence has actually leaked into the video game community. I mean, has it actually got to that point because I've spent hours upon countless hours defending video games, saying that they're not causing violence, and I don't think I can do that anymore if this continues right, whether or not now, now, keep in mind, I'm not saying that playing the games incite that violence as in like they're making people go out and kill because the game does the killing. I feel like it's bringing out violence in a different way because you've got a bunch of sore losers out there who can't take a loss. Right. And they they act out in this way. So if this trend continues that we've seen this year, I can't I can't make that argument anymore. Right. <clears throat> and I can't defend it. So when lawmakers start cracking down on video games and saying, "Well, you can't do this, you can't do that," gamers, you know, you you've kind of brought this on yourself because you can't just lose, right? You know, there's always going to be a loser. We live in this society now where we have everyone's got to be a winner. No, no, not everyone has to be a winner. There is a winner and there are losers. That's how it is. That's the way it's always. It's been. a competitive game. Yes.
1: It's a game. Yes. Even it's old gamer. board games, you had a winner and a loser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is just how it was.
0: That's the way the world works. So you've got to you've got to get past that. They've, these these kids, these sore losers, they've got to get past it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because I think so. this
1: uh, he was even swatted earlier this year I think as well so this was probably second or third time um at least that I've seen in the news that Mm -hmm. that has happened to him in particular and I and this will just something that I'll throw out there because of the being in the day and age that we are if you're a streamer I always say it's a really good idea to contact your local authorities and let them know that that's something that you do Um, to just give them that heads up because if you find yourself in that situation. Hopefully with the authorities getting notified for whatever kind of SWAT they're wanting to do, they can be aware of the fact that you're a streamer and hopefully would take extra caution or call or just not even come by your house. So I know I've taken that step. Um, So if you are a live streamer and you do play competitive games like that, I recommend just making that phone call. Let them know what your alias is. Let them know your real name and where you live. um, And hopefully just to keep yourself safer if these situations
0: pop up. Yeah, I mean that's that's great advice for anyone streaming. So take that into consideration for sure, because I don't want to see any of my friends get killed over a swatting incident because of some stupid little twerp.
1: Right, right. All right.
0: But anyway, um, I you know I hate that it's happened to him. I hate that it happens to anybody. But I don't know. This is this has got to change. This whole outlook's got to change. Uh, The next thing I've got is Nintendo dropped tons of announcements in their recent direct presentation. They had games like Warframe and a backlog of classic Final Fantasy games like Final Fantasy VII, IX, and X that were announced that are going to be ported over to the Switch. Then uh, City Skylines, Civilization VI, and Katamari Demasi were among some of the others. Then on the first party front, they announced a new rehash game of Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, which is like the new Super Mario Brothers, new Super Mario Brothers U. And I, I got into those games when I had a, a Nintendo console at the time, and then it got to the point where it was like, you know what? You, you've released this game three times already. Just stop, you know. Move on to another Mario game. <coughs> but that's <Bethesda. coughs> yeah. yeah, and. Then <laughs> And then uh, there was a new fighter announced for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is Isabelle from Animal Crossing, which is a bizarre choice, but okay. Wow, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> and that announcement actually led to the reveal of a new Animal Crossing game that will be coming out for uh, the Nintendo Switch in uh, 2019, along with a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Switch bundle, With, you know, the fancy console and the controllers and whatnot. Then uh, they've got Kirby's Epic Yarn and Luigi's Mansion are being ported over to the 3DS with a co-op mode actually being added to Luigi's Mansion, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't know how that works exactly, like, what it would be, but still that's kind of cool. Two-player Luigi's Mansion would be kind of neat. But then that actually led to a surprise announcement. That was the reveal of the tentatively titled Luigi's Mansion 3 for the Switch. And what they showed of that actually looked pretty good. I mean, I've I really liked Luigi's Mansion on the GameCube. I think it I don't really I don't want to say it got a bad rap. I think it was a good game, but people were like, eh, it's all right. You know, there might be other fans. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I liked it. I thought it was fun. I never got to play the one on the three D S and this looks Fun too. Yeah, I'd like to play it.
1: I unfortunately yeah. never played it. I never yeah, had a
0: GameCube. It was it was a fun little fun little game because it was it was different. You know, it was mm-hmm. new. Uh, it just ghost busting pretty much, but with Luigi. So I thought it was a, it was a nice twist on a game. It's not what you expected.
1: Well, maybe they'll uh, re- revive a little love for it then there with some uh, the the newer younger audiences that may not even remember it when it was new.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, Finally, the revealed details about their online service they uh, released, which is going to launch on the 18th, which will be tomorrow for anybody looking forward to it. Now, we've mentioned some of the pricing plans in the past will range from $4 a month, $8 for three months, and then $20 a year as well as a yearly family membership, which supports up to seven other people in your group, in your family, and that will go for 35 a year. Uh, they mentioned cloud saves, but I kind of felt this was a strange little cop-out. They said they could not guarantee the saves retention period after a membership expires or there's a lapse, in online check-in, after an extended period. Oh, no. So, if you are adamant about having your cloud saves, you're probably not going mean, to... you're gonna have, to, have be,
1: to be through the cloud for this service?
0: I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, they'll, they're they basing a lot of things on the cloud, and I think that kind of wishy-washy, well, well, we can't really guarantee anything, that's not a good thing when you're basing a lot of your stuff on the cloud. Yeah. You don't have the hard drive... And the space on your console as it is, the cloud needs to be up front and center and and primary to everything that you do, if that's what you're going to do. You can't half-ass it. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I didn't really feel like that was a very confident statement on their part.
1: Yeah, that's a little scary. Uh because yeah. I mean, unless you're the type that's good about setting up auto-pay or whatever on everything, you let that lapse for a day or two before you realize it, you've lost everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, one of the better features that they announced that is coming to the service is the library of classic games that will be available to play with some obvious mainstays like Super Mario Brothers, The Legend of Zelda, Donkey Kong, and Ice Climbers because I don't know why they love Ice Climbers, but by God, they put it on everything. <laughs> so, I I've, i mean, its I guess it's fun, but I've never been like, oh, man, Ice Climbers is just the best. That's always I just, what I wanted to do. I don't get it. But they did have some uh, surprise additions, which was River City Ransom, which is a game that me and my brother played a lot when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome to, to see on there. Uh, they got Ghost and Goblins and even Double Dragon. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Uh, in subsequent months, they said new games like Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, and The Adventures of Lolo will be added as well. Adventures of Lolo was another one I loved, too, as a kid. Um. As a bonus to this, Nintendo has implemented online play for a number of these titles, as well as offering up a set of two wireless NES controllers for $59.99 to really tap into that nostalgia nerve. So if you want to play your classics the right way, get yourself some little controllers and do it right. I thought that was a
1: nice little touch Mm -hmm. for those that, you know, may not have even remembered
0: when they were (laughs) the controller. But Uh, you know... But it's actually a smart way to go about it because they're simple games anyway. You don't need all these buttons. Just sure. give me the the D pad and the two buttons and I'm good. I'm solid.
1: And uh so. that was with the service only though, right? If you wanted to buy those.
0: No, see or I didn't. No. I didn't see that as being a clarified thing like you had to have it. Okay. I think it was more like you had to go on their store. And maybe they'll release it into the public later on, but I don't think it's a guarantee you have to have the service. Okay. But but at the same time, it's probably meant for the service since it's for these games. So it's not like you're going to be able to pick these up and use them for other Switch games. Oh, so, so
1: that might be why they they put that little waiver down there at the bottom. Like, yeah.
0: you need to so. have the service regardless. So. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that, that might be what it is exactly. But I mean, if I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that that excites me. I mean, it's cool that they're offering up these old titles, and especially the fact that there are some choice titles in there, and that that kind of maybe opens up the door to say, oh, we might see some other classics on there. Yeah. You know, that that really might get you excited. But I just don't know if it's worth it for me yet. <laughs>
1: I mean, $20 yeah. a year,
0: though, is not bad. It's good. No, it's good. I mean, good, it's basically me like
1: keeping the lights on for the servers, you know, is mm-hmm. how I feel at this point. But I can't really speak too much to it because I don't have a Switch. I don't know mm-hmm. how much it offers, really, um, you know, as far as how many games will be. And then it kind of boils down to the individual's internet and all that kind of stuff as well, right? How well yeah, these things stream true. and be able to stay connected and stuff like that. But I feel like 20 bucks is very reasonable. I mean, when you I got mean, their competitors it, mm-hmm. doing sixty bucks a year, hundred bucks a True. year.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, for everything that you're getting, 20, 60 bucks for all of this would be a ripoff, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So twenty is very, very reasonable for this. But I guess it's that idea of would I really spend a lot of time on those old games? You know, I mean, it's good they're there, but
1: eh, I don't know. For twenty would, bucks a year, I feel like even if I played it three or four times throughout the year, that that might be enough. I don't know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Depends I mean, on how I
1: nostalgic g- you are, I guess.
0: For sure. I mean, they're, they're I know for for a fact River City Ransom would be something I would I'd jump on pretty quick just to tap into that and be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> so good. That's the stuff. Yeah. <sighs> So, all right. You ready for some quickets? Quickets. All right. What do we got? Uh, First of all, EA is being stupid and fighting back against the ruling in Belgium against the loot boxes. Apparently, they just don't want to do it. They're (laughs) just like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing it. So, you know.
1: I think you've gotten yourself in enough trouble over it is all I'm
0: going to say. I mean, it's a law there now. Just suck it up and and take it
1: deal with it yeah
0: yeah that's all you got to do i mean 2k i know they're trying to where we talked about last week they're trying to get people to you know oh, please beg beg your congressman or <laughs> whomever they got over there tell them you don't want it yeah because yeah. we we want to pay for all this mm-hmm. and they're preventing that for sure yeah. and i would I'm really rather
1: it. you call your governments over more important things just mm-hmm. my own opinion so. <laughs> run out there
0: hmm Uh Bethesda actually confirmed there will be a Wolfenstein three D. Oh. Three, not three D. Oh okay. I don't know why I said three D. That would still be cool though. No. But I guess it's that that old we're talking about the eighties and you know everything in the eighties when it was three, it was three D. Oh yeah. So oh. <laughs> maybe that's what I tapped into there. I don't know. Uh H one Z one is coming to mobile devices. Ah. Did you ever i never play played it um you i was familiar
1: either. with it it was you know i think the one kind of battle royale game that started at all as far as i can well as far mm-hmm. as this round of stuff it was h1z1 sure. then
0: PUBG, and then you know
1: what's that mm-hmm. other one i don't know people hardly play it anymore
0: uh, uh, i don't know it yeah. starts with an f something like uh, that oh
1: forks something about forks, forks. <laughs> yeah forks
0: day or something. I don't know. yeah who knows it's a, it's a dying genre. Heard, it'll it'll, it'll go what, out eventually.
1: It's just hanging on by a thread.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, apparently, discussions have been had between Bethesda and Nintendo about Super Smash Brothers. So, if if that there's any truth to this, and again, this should have been in the rumors maybe, but I thought this would be a good discussion. If there's truth to that. What character are we putting in here? Are we putting in a dweller? Are we putting in a creature like a death claw, or do you make a fighter out of the little uh, Fallout guy?
1: Ooh, the
0: the Pit Boy. Yeah. Or whatever he's called.
1: Okay, that would be fun.
0: I think it would be cool.
1: <clears throat> <Although clears throat> or even a weird, and you can use him it.
0: as a a trophy as well, or something like that. Yeah. Like the Little uh, assist trophies.
1: I think let him finally takes on our stage, man. He's always yeah. just been the bobblehead or on a on a poster. Let's see what he can do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for it. They could just drop a bomb. Boom. That that would
1: always be his special thing. Puts his mm. thumb out, gauges yeah. the distance, and boom comes from the sky. That would be awesome.
0: See, we're selling the game for him right now. That's you what you just need to do. Give away too
1: many of our ideas. I'm telling
0: you. We do. Uh, developers of Assassin's Creed Odyssey actually confirmed the Atlantis DLC we actually had in our Truth or Trash a few weeks back. And they also said that a Switch version of the game will be available in Japan via the cloud. Okay. So, and and we saw Capcom did that with Resident Evil 6. I don't know how well that went over, but... eh. I still don't think it's a viable source to put your games on a on a console, cloud based. I know there are services, but I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, it's a tough but. one too because of the uh, the the switch just doesn't run at the same capacity like the PlayStation or the Xbox mm. does. So I I, I don't know mm. if it we'll makes see. it more accessible to you, then I guess. More power. I mean, if to it, it makes money, right? So. We'll if see. there's a need, I hope it's actually filling one. That's all I yes.
0: wonder. <laughs> uh, Hideo Kojima stated that Death Stranding will not be playable at the Tokyo Game Show. However, something super secret was teased on Conan O'Brien. Ah! So, I don't know what that's all about, but... Uh, was it not as Clueless Gamer? <gasps> Possibly, yeah. So... We'll see. We'll see where that goes. I feel I'm, like Death Stranding will be
1: released in like 2025 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've been yeah. talking about it for a really long time now, but mm-hmm. I am still interested. But.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Overkill's Walking Dead game will have a closed beta in October. So if you're interested, maybe uh, you can get in on that. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested. I'd like to see where it goes.
1: I um uh, I really liked Payday though and Payday Two, um so I'm really interested to see how they how they port that over to this from the things that I've seen of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a good time, but I don't like to get my hopes up too much. But they've always done I, fine work in the past.
0: Yeah, I needed to check out Payday. Uh, I, I think you'd like. I think it. I actually missed an opportunity. I think it was free on the PlayStation one time uh, uh, during the the Plus games, and I just looked at it and was like, meh well, and if you I, don't and, have
1: anyone to play it with, it may not be as fun. Ah, I've see, never played it, it solo. To be to be fair,
0: mm-hmm. so maybe maybe my opportunity will show up at some point. Uh, filmmaker Uwe Boll, who is responsible for numerous video game based films, is actually getting his own uh, documentary around him, oh. and I guess to defend his garbage work. I actually watched a trailer for it. And actors were not very, or even crew for that matter, they were not very uh, positive about the man. It was just like, he's a terrible person to work for.
1: Oh no. Well, yeah. maybe we want to can that then if your yeah. hopes was to uh, turn anew. Yeah, that's not good.
0: Yeah, he's he's going to get torn apart again. Mm-hmm. And the man, from what I've seen, he's uh, he can't take criticism very well. He thinks he does great work, and I've heard his movies are trash. And I've, I don't recall ever sitting through one either. But I'll, And it's because I've heard, don't watch it, it's the worst piece of garbage you'll ever watch. So I was like, okay, well, thanks for thanks I'm for actually
1: not sure if I've seen any of his either that comes to mind.
0: I'm trying to think of a few that he did. Uh, I think he did an adaptation, and again, all video games. I think he did one of Blood Rain... Uh, House of the Dead. Oh, I might have seen uh, Postal, I think, was one. And.
1: A postal?
0: Yeah, postal. All right. I've heard that it's about as insane as the, the movie was, or the game was, yeah, for that matter. Okay. So. I don't know. Uh, Dave Batista says he wants to play Marcus Phoenix in a Gears of War movie. Like he's, I could see that. thinks he's born in raised for that very thing so it'd be interesting to see and finally the release date of the film sonic the hedgehog has been moved up to november 8th of 2019 which is only one week earlier than it was going to be released so it's not like a major shift but it's still a year away yeah still a year i
1: feel like we hype things too early
0: we do i mean i remember a time where you didn't know anything about a movie until you saw a trailer, right? And then when you saw it, it was like <gasps> mind blown. Like That's I how it remember, be. I remember sitting. This is one of the first time. Well, one of the few times I can actually remember getting excited for a movie I didn't know existed or was going to exist. I think I had paid good money to go watch Street Fighter <laughs> in theaters, and I, the only thing that came out of that. Experience that was so positive is while we were sitting in the theater waiting for the movie to start, a trailer for Mortal Kombat showed up, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> "I was like, oh my god, this is happening!" Oh,
1: and then just didn't then know were you, where you uh, happy with Mortal Kombat.
0: I defend it to this day. <laughs> Good, I okay. actually feel like it is the only video game film adaptation that's decent. That actually sticks to the source material, does what it does. It might have its flaws here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie, but it is what it's supposed to be.
1: And for in the time and the year that it came out. I mean,
0: yeah, I can sit down and watch it every time. The sequel, on the other hand. Oh, God, <laughs> uh, don't even get me started on that. So, but yeah, um, I don't know. We'll see. I'd love to see a proper video game adaptation at some point that's just so perfect, so good. I yeah. think I still think it can be done. I think it can. Well,
1: I'm still going to defend the Uncharted fan film that Nathan Fillion did, man. He mm-hmm. laid amazing groundwork on how well it could be done. He did. Uh, so. I feel like that was the most perfect audition you could get for anything right there.
0: You bet. All Types. right, now... We're gonna move on to uh, some Spider-Man stuff. I said we got Spider-Man some stuff because there was tons of Spider-Man stuff, and I think it would be safe to say we could probably dedicate half this show to all the Spider-Man news, reveals, Easter eggs, and so on that came out over the last week. But I'm mm-hmm. gonna remain focused, uh, focus on some of the good stuff, and sprinkle in a little bit of it later during weird news because
1: <laughs> we got some weird stuff, eh?
0: Oh yeah. Now first of all, the game will soon receive a new game plus mode, which I'm actually extremely excited about because I want to play through the game again and just focus on the story. Okay. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm going to enjoy the story now, but I feel like I could go through it again and experience it just the story because it's a Spider-Man story and being a fan, I'd want to I'd want to go through it again. For that very purpose. And then maybe even change up a suit here and there, because that's what I've been doing. I've been swapping my suits for almost like every cutscene, because I want to see it in action. Right. So, uh, anyway, I've uh, mentioned the abundance of Easter eggs that were in the game. Some were not as obvious as others, and some aren't necessarily Easter eggs as much as they are winks, nods, or tips of the hat. One example of this is in the game social media thread where Spider-Man responded to a fan, everybody gets one. This is a nod, most likely, to Family Guy where Spider-Man appeared and said that very line.
1: Oh, I didn't After know he, that.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a building with the name the Trust Us League written sideways above the entrance with a logo that looks very similar to the Justice League movie so i'm sure that was a clever little wink and i feel like i actually saw that building at one time because of the the way the 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 banner was on the building where like they said it was written sideways okay but i didn't i didn't stop and look at it i was just like huh that's weird and just kept moving
1: (laughs) (laughs) you were in mid-swing so you're like well all right
0: that's interesting um anyway You keep swinging around New York, you'll eventually stumble across some locales like Josie's Bar, if you're familiar with the uh, Netflix Marvel shows like Daredevil and Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. That's that's where they hang out, Josie's Bar. I thought that was cool. There's a golden statuette of the Inhumans dog Lockjaw on Wall Street instead of the big uh, bull that they have down there because there were some uh, legal licensing issues, I guess, that they legally couldn't put it in there. So they used a Marvel character. So I thought that was pretty clever. Uh, you can even see LGBTQ flags flying around town. And the community of LGBT fans have been extremely warmed by that. Mm-hmm. That they have that, that in there. So I thought that was pretty cool, too. When I spotted it, I was like, oh, damn, that's that's awesome.
1: No, that's great. And I mean, if you're trying to make an accurate depiction of New York. Sure. They're they're going to be around. I mean, even here in Chicago, you see them everywhere. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. you want it to be accurate.
0: Yeah. And uh, one in particular Easter egg, though, that caught a lot of people's attention actually found out it had a deeper story attached to it. Uh, One may have overlooked it if you actually keep to the skyline. I don't feel like I've seen it personally, but I probably swung over it many times. Uh, Down below, there's a movie theater that has written on a marquee, Maddie, will you marry me? This message was actually pitched to Insomniac during development by streamer and vlogger Tyler Schultz, who asked them if they would do that for him and put that in the game. Insomniac obliged and did him a solid, and the internet was delighted and hoped for the best for Tyler. However,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I heard about that.
0: Tyler posted a video to his YouTube featuring a message calling it the saddest Easter egg ever and goes on to reveal that Maddie dumped him for his brother and she even found out about the proposal and was apparently appalled by it. Said this was not how she wanted to be proposed to. And despite how sad all this sounds, Tyler actually did say that he's glad it's there and was very touched by the outpouring of support. So... I, I do want to go look for that theater. I guess I'm going to have to find out uh, where exactly in New York it is. Yeah. Because heard, it, it would be interesting to see you take a picture of it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've seen that. And then I, I heard the news about it. And I have to say it's just... Um, I, I, I mean, it's a cute idea, but I don't know. I think with proposals and stuff, when people do something that's so out in the open, like I feel mm. like you're just... Oh.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's know. a it's a long shot. It's fifty fifty shot there that it's work now.
1: Out. Mm-hmm. And then if she had no intentions of saying yes, or you know, now you're putting her on the spot now too to defend herself because you know mm-hmm. people are going to be like, oh, I can't believe she said no, 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 and this poor woman's just like trying to live her life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Granted, I mean, I mean I'm not going to defend the you know like leaving for your brother thing. I don't know y'all situation. Exactly. We you don't know, know. <laughs> but.
0: Uh, just just think
1: those things through just a smidge just a smidge just a little have the conversation maybe first
0: <laughs> but i'm sure that we'll uh, find some other i'd love to see some more interesting little bits and like, i i doubt there'll be anything like that in the game but there's tons of stuff so if you're playing it look around you never know what you might mm-hmm. find there might be a lot more to the things that you find and be like huh, i wonder what that is You know, you never know. The artwork on the building sometimes, I kind of wonder if they weren't artwork pieces from fans. You know, Insomniac just put in there. I don't know that for sure, but it would be cool if it was. Right. So, Easter eggs, they're they're fun. Uh, Last week, we mentioned Henry Cavill was cast as Geralt of Rivia in the Witcher series for Netflix. Now, since then, there's been a casting call for the rest of the series, but one casting call has got the feathers ruffled. The casting call for the character character Siri surfaced online, but with specifications that the actors fit the criteria of being either black, Asian, or a minority ethnic. The internet responded in its usual fashion, which led to the showrunner of the series quitting Twitter. But she did leave one final message that made her departure seem more like a pro move, in my opinion, and not something done out of anger. But... That said, let's let's talk about race swapping for a moment. Does it matter?
1: Does it really matter? I mean, it, it's a fictional character, right? Like, I get, yes. I get it to a degree that you probably grew up with this or something. You might have some sort of emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can honestly say there's been books that I've read and fictional pieces that I've gotten very attached to but I don't know that so much that if we were just trying to be inclusive of other things that it would outrage me. Yeah. You know, See, I mean, it shouldn't, we just find a very talented person who mm-hmm. could, who could fulfill that role.
0: See, I, I don't now, know. I'm uh, here's what I'm going to say about it is from, from certain standpoints, I will agree with you that there are certain characters that you have this attachment to mm-hmm. that, that, kind of fit this criteria where I feel like race swapping probably wouldn't be the best idea because for whatever reason, the the race that they are fits that character. Now, if you're going to race swap a character and you want to make an argument behind it, it needs to be a character where race, ethnicity, all that stuff would not matter one way or the other. But if the character is is so ingrained to one idea where it has to be that. Right. Like, if if it was a black character being swapped for a white actor, boom, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody would go insane. But ask yourself the question, would it matter one way or the other whether this person was black, white, Asian, whatever? sure would what's the backstory um, exactly. have we
1: described the area that they were born into such a degree that it would be impossible to swap that out have, exactly you know, things like that make sense to me things like that like, make sense to me
0: like there was a talk use spider-man for example when they were like well make spider-man black i was like black peter parker i don't feel like that works because of his background, his story. Granted, I'm not saying that there are no black people in Queens, but it's who he is. It's his family dynamic. All that stuff works in such a way that I feel like he has to be Caucasian. But then you put the Miles Morales spin on it, and you see a kid in the same city, but with his background, his story, and it works so much better that way. So you still have a black Spider-Man, but with a different character that fits that that mold so much better. Sure. Because I can't see race swapping with Peter Parker because of who he is and his background. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, there's That, to me, feels like it, it's set in stone. That's why I like the Miles Morales angle. But when they did uh, race swapping in, I think it was uh, the last Fantastic Four film. Oh, yeah. At first, it kind of, I guess that, that, that bug hit me where it's just like, what, you know, because it was, it's against the grain of everything that I'm used to. Right. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, does it matter? Okay, all we're really talking about is brother and sister. They're not brother and sister, you know, him and Sue Storm sure. are not brother and sister in a biological sense, but okay, they're a, a, a stepbrother and stepsister. sister.
1: Mm-hmm. okay.
0: It doesn't change anything. Right. It works. So I was fine with it. Uh, There was all that talk we heard this week about, uh, what was it, Michael B. Jordan being Superman? Now, that's that's just ridiculous on so many ways because that's, I feel like there was a troll out there and they just said, you know what, let's stir the pot.
1: Yeah, I never did find out if that was an actual thing. And then all of these big, I mean, looking at you guys, the big gaming news resources that were Mm -hmm. spreading it. So I don't know. Because, I mean, I believe there was a a tweet from Henry Cavill's manager, right, that Mm -hmm. was like, hang tight, guys. We're still talking to them. Like, she was trying to say, like, you know, he hasn't hung up the tights quite yet. Although I feel like that is the direction that it's going. But regardless, you had things like IGN and stuff like that putting out pictures Mm -hmm. Uh, of him as superman and i mean (laughs) i don't
0: i personally don't think that he's done per se but there's nothing on the horizon with the guy Mm -hmm. and that character so he's got other things he needs to do i mean he's a working actor right so to take the witcher series it's like i gotta work and sometimes you
1: know. actors just really want to be able to play other roles. It it yeah. it's not that they hated the experience or that they didn't enjoy being this iconic character and and, and very ecstatic to have fans behind the whole thing. But sometimes, as an artist, you've also got to understand that sometimes you need to move on and do other things and grow in that field mm-hmm. and, and test your chops and and see other things. Um, so, so don't send him hate if he is, if he's done, will it break our heart? Sure. He did phenomenal in the role. In my opinion, I know Mm -hmm. people there's mixed opinions about that particular set of series of, uh, Superman, but just wish him well, just wish him well. I can understand from that actor's standpoint, like sometimes you've just gotta do other things that get you excited for your job again. Not that you hated the prior role, but
0: and see, I don't, I didn't hate him. I just, it was, like you said, it was the material around right, him. Right, right. That's never what the problem was. I never
1: heard real bashing on Henry Cavill. I mean, some, no. but for the most part, it was just the source material <laughs> that they were given in that yeah. series of um, movies.
0: I actually did, because I actually pitched it. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he was he was one of those people who was like, you can't have Superman be black and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. he was kind of giving me his opinion on it. I saw a tweet <laughs> And I thought it was the perfect way to sum it up. It's like, Superman can't be black. He's like, he actually believes in the justice system. And I was like, that was good.
1: Uh, mm. <laughs> okay, touche. I see yeah. that. I guess my only argument was that I think <clears throat> you and I were having this conversation about the multiverses that there are yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Like, As long as you're creating a, a different backstory. like I think a lot of the, the, the comments that I was reading was most people like, <clears throat> fine, just don't call him kal because we have Kalel's backstory, we have mm-hmm. the the planet Kalel was from. Um, it's been very well described what you know the the race of people was or or whatever mm-hmm. you call them. Um, so I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, I I, I can agree with that. But um, it could be from a different multiverse. I'm totally fine with us making some new origin stories and trying something mm-hmm. new here because I feel like we've redone the same sets of movies now with the same origin stories over and over and over again. Let's sure. just have creative freedom and do something just a smidge different. And I'm okay with that. Um, and that's,
0: that's where I love where, where Marvel's been creating younger, newer versions of their characters. Mm-hmm. Because for me, that's passing on the mantle. That's allowing your old characters to retire or to pass on or whatever. And allowing this new generation to pick up the mantle and move on. And that's right. a progression of characters. As opposed to rebooting them and saying, "Well, we got to make Peter Parker a kid again and put him back in high school." No, you don't. No. Let him grow. Let him grow up. Let someone like, else do it.
1: And I know that's—I I know people give Ben Affleck hate for his version of Batman, but I honestly kind of enjoyed that iteration because it was nice to finally see a different version of Batman, seeing Mm -hmm. him older in his life and how things were progressing up until that point. Um, For me, it was just nice to not constantly be going back to, you know, his parents' death and watching that all the way through. We got to pick a different Mm -hmm. part of his life and experience it. And I might get some hate. You can send the comments my way. But I actually (laughs) really did enjoy his iteration of Batman. Maybe it was the material. I don't know. Um, I don't so hate many... him as much as the internet does, but.
0: There's a, there's only so many times you can watch his parents get shot. I yeah. mean, My God. <laughs>
1: how many times can he retell the same story? That's my point. Yeah. You know, how many times mm-hmm. can we retell Spider Man becoming Spider Man? How many times mm-hmm. did, to be Batman or any of that? So, yeah, let's. Let's,
0: just let's move try on. for some new ideas. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah.
1: or just progressing that character, like you said.
0: Mm hmm. All right, well, let us move on ourselves and get into some weird news. Ooh, I love it. All right. Now, as I said, we had some uh, Spider-Man weird Spider-Man news. Mm-hmm. And uh, with all the articles popping up last week, there there had to be some weird ones. The first bit revolves around a game glitch that one player got hit with, and it was hilariously bad. Did you get to see the, the glitch?
1: I don't think so, no.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to send you videos. Now, okay. I will say during my time... Uh, I probably saw a minor glitch or two, but it was nothing more than like a blip on my radar. It was like, uh, okay, there was a little something there, something they need to work on, but no biggie. Uh, There was a guy by the name of Nabishin186, and he got a game-breaking glitch that would... (laughs) Affect the motions and facial features of the characters during cutscenes, which would put them into some very awkward situations and making some of the most ridiculous faces that you've ever seen. Oh no! And what I actually <laughs> found very interesting about the facial features, how they got stuck, uh-huh. because it would just be like, you know, like if you took a picture with somebody and they were like, like mid face, oh yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> mid sneeze like
1: or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's almost, I mean, it really showed the detail they put into the facial features because the way they got caught, it wasn't just like a a frozen picture. It was just like, eh, you know, (laughs) just all bent (laughs) out of shape and whatnot. So it's just, but they were just very funny. But everybody's still talking and they're just moving around. Their arms would be up behind their head and they're just like, hello, how you doing? Oh, the Mass
1: Effect syndrome? is that?
0: Yeah. (laughs) And just keep on talking. But uh, the player actually put videos of these scenes on his Instagram. I'm sure they're on YouTube by now, wherever. Mm. So if if you've not seen them, look up Spider-Man PS4 glitches. I guarantee you'll find it immediately. Oh, man. Uh, Now, the player was actually so amused, he reached out to Insomniac and asked them to leave the glitch in the game, but to add it in as like an optional toggle Did you can just turn on and off to watch. Or like an
1: achievement or something weird like Uncharted did with uh, when the Nathan Drake character got stuck when they had the announcement at the convention if Mm -hmm. you just stood in place for 30 seconds at the same exact spot, you got an achievement.
0: Yeah. Um, But anyway, he also said that along with that, he would love to see an optional toggle switch to make all NPC characters walking around New York look like boat people. Now, you may be asking, what are boat people? Mm-hmm. Well, if you venture out into the Hudson River and you come upon the numerous boats sailing in the water, you will find that the occupants are very low-res models that escape the early areas of the 90s 3D games. Uh, now, something like this is common in video games where, you know, away characters look... They look fine from far away, but you get up on them and, and it's, you know, weird. And it's, they call the boat CPU. Elisa effect or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this, I mean, and this this is, you know, meant to conserve the CPU for the sure. processing systems and whatnot, but these boat people look very much like the boat people that were seen in Treyarch's Spider-Man 2 game back in uh, 2005 or whenever it was. I can't remember when that came out. So I kind of feel like they did this as kind of a wink and a nod to them, but they're just these un blocky you know <laughs> flat faced they're just they're horrible nightmares <laughs>
1: they're, they're what they a are.
0: placeholder that's yeah, all they're just there and they're just standing on their boats like hey. so it's weird <laughs> <laughs> and finally to really weird it up because you know those two weren't really weird uh, there was an article released last week from Deadspin writer Tom Lay who states that the game has a pro police agenda And it forces players in the game to work with the NYPD. Uh, He said that he felt that despite being a fictionalized version of the NYPD, he felt compromised having to work alongside an organization that oppresses residents on a regular basis. And what should be weirder, but let's face it in this day and age, it's not, is many players are agreeing with him, feeling that Insomniac is is brainwashing young players into placing their trust into the police. Now, I don't know about you personally, and I don't know the NYPD. I don't Mm -hmm. live there, so I can't really speak for it. However, I don't think it's really a bad idea to trust your local police force. You know, it's... I know that there's some questionable stuff today, but we're talking about the actions of one, not the actions of many. Right. It's the way I'd kind of look at it. And these are fictional characters. You know, fictional characters. (laughs) Spider-Man routinely runs afoul of police in movies, comics, whatever. And he does work with the police from time to time. But even in the game... As he stops criminals, he's like, well, the police are coming. Better get moving. He even says to other cops, hey, can you tell your guys to stop shooting at me, please? Yeah. It's a game. It's a game. Yeah. It's fantasy. Enjoy the fantasy for a moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see that moment where we could just be like, let's just immerse ourselves in the world that was created. And then when we turn it off, go do other things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, but again, we're probably not really in a position to really argue the point. Um, so no, I will, re- I will re, I will refrain
0: from that. Uh, but yeah. the I, way I, I look at it is like this: we we're seeing this trend where everyone has to be bent out of shape. And I actually it was one of the reasons I kind of tweeted something this week. It was a lot deeper after I thought about it, but it was just: can we not just enjoy what we get? You Mm -hmm. know, it might not be what you want, but you're getting something that you normally couldn't get. There was a time when these type of video games or these types of movies did not exist. They were not on the radar of studios whatsoever. It was just like, no, we're not doing that because it's not making us money. We're not going to do it. Now they make money. And it's because of the fans. Mm -hmm. But you're going to ruin it at some point to where the studios are like, you know what? Screw it. We don't have to do this. You know, right. we can make money somewhere else. Once the next big thing comes around and superheroes go the way of the dodo, you know, they'll move on to the next big thing. And you, we won't have these games. We won't have these movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that goes
1: down to a deeper rooted problem with other things where we just feel like we have to find something wrong with it. Like there just has to be. There just has to be, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, of course, that could be just like a whole other psychology topic on – Um, just teaching people that things don't always, they're not always going to be what you want and life isn't fair and things are like that. And um, let's find a common ground and just find the part of it that you really do enjoy instead of always having to pick apart the things you don't.
0: Exactly. I love it. Uh, Vote with your wallet
1: then. That's all I can say. If it really angers you that much, vote with your wallet.
0: Yeah. I I wish people would uh, follow through with that. You know, Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Mm -hmm. probably the most hated and split revered (laughs) Star Wars movie ever made, yet it's the highest grossing film of the year. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Blu-ray sales through the roof. highest selling Blu-ray, but yet it's the most hated Star Wars. Don't get it. I I, I don't get it. Uh, Last bit of weird news I got, and this is more in the stupid news of overreaching idiots ruining things I love, players noticed in the recently released demo of Mega Man 11 that Mega Man cannot jump through boss doors. Now, let me explain that to you if you don't really know what that means. In the 8-bit titles of this particular series, when you are approaching a door to a boss, you could jump toward the door... And then the door would open, and you would just kind of slide in to the room midair. Okay. Like you were jumping through the door. Now, the same, I, I'm pretty sure it could be done with a slide effect where you could just slide on the ground into the door, and you just slide through the door, which I always kind of thought was a little cooler. But anyway, I've been known to do that. You know, jump at the door, fly in, because, I don't know, it just kind of looked you cool. you could. <laughs> yeah, just because I could. Yeah. But... Apparently in this game, it's not present, and I kind of felt like that it wasn't really a feature, but merely a side effect of just the the game, the technology as it was. I I don't see anybody sitting at Capcom saying, you know what, well let him jump through that door. You know, it was just like there was a programming thing that just worked to that you approach the door, it opens. Whether yeah. you're jumping, sliding, whatever, that's how it works. And but no, everybody thinks it's a feature and now they're mad because it's not in this game that looks nothing like those games. And they want that in the game and they're complaining about it because they just it's ruined now because he can't jump through a door. And I just I I, yeah don't. I I don't yeah I got nothing on that. Um,
1: again, I think this just goes hand in hand with uh we're actively searching for something
0: to be angry
1: about. Mhm.
0: And I did, actually did get to play, I spent a moment the other day playing the demo, and it um, looks fantastic. Yeah. Plays great, but it also plays like a damn Mega Man game, because I die. several <laughs> times. And well, like, see, ah, if you could man. only just
1: jump through the doors, I think that would have yeah. made it a lot yeah, easier if, for you to if play. I,
0: if only that, then you know what? I, I would have I beat the game. I know. It's <laughs> all about those That's damn That's what doors. was missing. All right, now it's time for... I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> all right. Now, last week, I sold you some Fallout Rome, right? Yes, you did. Well, okay, I said when it went on sale. Okay, well, it went on <laughs> sale. You, you, you were <laughs> A little interested. rich you, for my you, blood, but yes, you you fantastic it. idea. Okay, now this week, I'm going to sell you some more Fallout merch. Okay. Because I know you love Fallout. Fallout is great. Now, Nuka-Cola is something that we all want to get our hands on. However, Nuka-Cola... Quantum is the drink we all deserve. Exactly. With its pomegranate taste and a mildly radioactive stratonium isotope uh, to give it that wonderfully blue glow, it's twice the calories, carbs, caffeine, and taste you would expect out of Nuka-Cola. Now, even though we must wait another 60 years to get our hands on it, but in fact, it comes out on your birthday. So uh, I know what I'm getting you when you're 90.
1: you think (laughs) i'm gonna
0: make it that long you're sweet (laughs) (laughs) what if i could interest you in something non-consumable but just as wonderful to look at Hmm. i present to you the fallout nuka cola quantum mood light this is an officially licensed lamp shaped with the precision to replicate the rocket-shaped bottle of nuca cola Quantum that illuminates with the signature blue glow that you come to expect. It can be used wirelessly via three LR44 button cell batteries, or you can plug it up via USB, giving you options on how you want to display it. This once Comic-Con ex- exclusive can now be yours... For how much would you want to pay?
1: Oh, well, what I want to pay and what they're charging are always two different prices. Um, So if I'm to guess what I would pay for it, probably 60 bucks, I feel, would be reasonable. But I feel like it's well over 100.
0: Well, you're in luck, my dear, because I can sell you this Particular piece for twenty nine ninety nine. Oh snap! I was way
1: off, but in a wonderful way. All right. How yes. big is it?
0: Uh, that I don't know. Is don't it the size specs.
1: of the bottle? Maybe. Okay.
0: Uh, maybe. I, I would say it's at least you know decent size to yeah. give that blue glow. So
1: nice. All right. That's very reasonable. 30 bucks for the, a mood light. Yeah. I, I, I can dig it. I can dig that.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. It's a lot yeah, cheaper yeah, than the ROM. <laughs> <laughs> very, yeah, very true. All right, let's get into some release dates. What do we got? We got a few. Uh, on September 18th, we got Anodyne for PS4, Capcom Beat'em Up Bundle for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC undertale for the nintendo switch have you ever played that
1: i have it and you know i have it got it in a humble bundle freaking backlogs man i've been told mm-hmm. i would really enjoy this game i've seen some streams of it and it looks yeah.
0: it looks like it's a great game i've heard only good things i want to play it too i just haven't got around to exactly it. i just yeah. need to buy it uh transference for ps4 psvr xbox one and pc downward spiral Horus Station for PS4 and PSVR. Labyrinth of Refrain. Coven of Dusk for PS4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Blind for PS4 and PC. Sword of Guardian for Nintendo Switch. Warface for PS4. Mutant Football League Dynasty Edition for PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Fishing Sim World for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. That one's a weird one. Omvorm. Omvorm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. oh yeah okay. that, that one yeah. yeah that one for nintendo switch <laughs> scribble knots mega pack for ps4 xbox one and nintendo switch Ugh, i'm stuttering mm-hmm. uh legendary fishing for ps4 and nintendo switch splody for ps4 that just sounds <laughs> like some explodey time <laughs> uh,
1: but it sounds like something <laughs> we would probably be addicted to for like a day
0: probably uh that's coming for ps4 paddle box for ps vita Unearthing Mars 2, The Ancient War for PS4, and Hover for PS4. Then on the 19th, Hover comes out for Xbox One. Also, Siegecraft Commander for Nintendo Switch. Then on the 20th, Hover comes out for Nintendo Switch. Why do they do that? Why is there this delay for every system? I don't
1: get it. I I don't, yeah, I don't know. I can't claim to know what the developing end has to do to port Mm -hmm. from one to the
0: next. Yeah. Uh, The Gardens Between for PS4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. FIFA 19 for PC. Reigns, Kings, and Queens for Nintendo Switch. League of Evil for Xbox One. Light Fingers for Nintendo Switch. SNK Heroes Tag Team Frenzy. Thief Arthur for PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Velocity 2X for Nintendo Switch. A Case of Distrust for Nintendo Switch. Retimed for Nintendo Switch. Then on the 21st, we have 8-Bit Armies for PS4, Xbox One. The Banner Saga Trilogy for the Nintendo Switch. Anodyne then comes to Xbox One. My Brother Rabbit for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Wengia, that's another weird one, for Xbox One. And Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse for Nintendo Switch. So. A lot of games.
1: I have to say I'm really digging the Nintendo Switch and all these indie games that are coming to it right now. I I've been hearing so many more people now getting into indie games because it's just been more accessible to those who don't do PC gaming and I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean just seeing I mean every week when, when there's a, a bevy of games, it's primarily just Nintendo Switch games, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean and they're all these little games and titles that you wouldn't you don't know anything about, but they're indie titles and they need to have that little light shine on them, so
1: that's pretty good. I love their embracing it.
0: Now it's time for What the hell did you just say? I think I've got a few good ones for you. All right. Hmm. This this first one though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're starting it off that hard? Oh Yeah.
0: All right. And I've gotta I gotta figure out a way to say it because it's just it's punctuated so weird. Gagarian in deep asses space.
1: Gagarian in deep asses space. Mm -hmm. Is this an adult only Steam title? Probably.
0: (laughs) 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 Because I I feel like that the name Gagarian Uh is probably and then
1: yeah. Let's just maybe like the incredibly gay duo cartoon type Mm -hmm. uh deal and um you know adult themes and topics in space in space
0: Mm -hmm. so Uh, a nice
1: backdrop for for the lovin
0: mm -hmm. shooting hurts
1: (laughs) oh shooting hurts um Mm -hmm. i think that ooh, shooting hurts Mm -hmm. uh you're just at a shooting range, um, and all of the pop-ups that come up that you're shooting at goes, ouch.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they can't balls. all be gems. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> balls with a Z, Balls Royale.
1: Oh, so I think it's like a dodgeball game. Okay. so when you're adding the, the, the balls with the Z like, uh, but it's Dragon Balls, maybe. And um, to collect the Rolls Royce mm. of the dodgeballs. Um, and once you have uh, uh, accomplished and gotten all of your people out of the way, um, you get to stand tall and proud amongst all of your people that are just <laughs> laying on the ground in pain from all of the dodgeballing. OK, yeah, it's not a good game.
0: You know, it doesn't sound like it uh, <laughs> superplex think
1: superplex think
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, oh these are hard today superplex so um you're it's a wrestling game mm-hmm. and it's all about just concocting the strategy of how you can do your moves around the ring so it's almost like a football manager game where you're driving drawing on the whiteboard and its strategy on how to superplex people Uh in the ring
0: you better keep that in mind because superplex wow oh
1: is next Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so um this is the sequel um that they felt like they needed to bring out right away um as you're pitching the idea for all of your new wrestling moves uh the whole idea is to hopefully get all of the managers to go wow Ah,
0: (laughs) good job howdy the western game
1: oh so i think this is an interactive story and howdy is actually the protagonist Mm -hmm. Um, and so his whole point of being is just to go around and spread the joy he's walking down his western town and you have two options every time a a a shootout is about to happen if you're going to try to make peace with the people or encourage it
0: sounds like a john ford western (laughs) Uh, click and manage tycoon
1: click and manage tycoon oh my gosh people what are you creating Click and manage tycoon. So, uh, I mean, shit, I was playing PC Simulator this week, so I guess I can't judge. <laughs> um, I, it, I think that's all it is. It's like a five-minute um, like thinker game where you have to click as fast as possible and manage all of your points. And it's like a fidget spinner. Like, it's just, that's what it is.
0: Okay. Soap of urinal.
1: Of urinal, So it's like urinal the place
0: urinal yeah
1: okay soap of urinal um it's like a bob ross type game right so like Mm -hmm. there's it's just the the person sitting there and um they are live streaming their activities on how they make their soap because in uriel they have such special minerals and ingredients that um you can't buy it anywhere else and the form that it takes to make the soap is just so intriguing that they have to live stream it and people are just enthralled
0: Okay. Steve's pub, soda on tap.
1: Oh, so he used to be an alcoholic, Steve, mm-hmm. and now he just likes to be around all of the people that he used to hang out with and drink Coke. Um, but in this particular bar, um, people don't like to buy rounds for people who only drink soda. And so every time he orders Coke, it turns into a shoot 'em up. And you've got to get out alive.
0: (laughs) The Slater.
1: The Slater. Um, So you're Christian Slater's manager. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: you are trying to book him um, any other role outside of Mr. Robot, which he's phenomenal at. But for some reason now he's just too good at it and nobody wants to cast him anywhere else. So now you're just as Christian Slater manager, uh, sim game.
0: Good job. (laughs) Gene Rain.
1: Like... Gene a name or like genes in your like, body?
0: Uh, let's go with that.
1: Okay, so gene rain. Um, I think this is another puzzle game. So when you have the different colors and the genes and stuff, like it's a science type game, you're trying mm-hmm. to make sure you're matching the colors and everything up to the right thing to help determine um, if there's any disease or anything in that particular gene okay. and you learn something maybe
0: epic roll
1: epic roll it's a it's a music game Mm -hmm. so instead of it being a new rock and roll epic roll is the is the genre of music that they've created and your whole job is that you start off as a garage band and work your way up to uh stardom
0: change a homeless survival experience
1: uh, well, it leads me to believe that this is an open world. Let's just say it's in like the streets of LA or something. You know, where it's just a large population, and um, you've worked your way up from um, the the smaller corners that people don't frequent as much, so you don't get as much change, up to uh, like naked cowboy status in New York, where you're just like rolling in the bucks by just working on the on the on the corner there, begging for change. But you've learned. How to do things along the way, like <laughs> learn instruments and things like that, so that you really start racking in the dough. Good
0: job. <laughs> pass the wall. Pass the law. Pl- pass the wall.
1: Pass the wall. Um, oh, this one's tough. Pass the wall. Um, so it's a building simulator. And um, once you have finished your wall, after you've gotten different materials, let's say you started with wood or bricks or iron or whatever, and then um, it gets judged, and we decide whether we pass on it or if we will put it in our home.
0: <laughs> Break the blocks.
1: Oh well, this has got to just be one of those simple, like little—you throw a colored uh, block at the other colored blocks to get them to break. You know what I mean? Or like a, mm-hmm. an app game where you tap on it and like, oh, all the yellow ones now broke away and all the blue ones now broke away. And your whole point is to clear the screen. I'll just go with the easy answer on that one. Okay.
0: Pushing through.
1: Um, so it's like, it's an adaptation of the TV show hole in a wall. Okay. So um, the whole idea is to make shapes so you can push through the wall.
0: Cat's Epic Puzzles.
1: Cat's Epic Puzzles. So uh, you're a cat on a table and on the floor is a bunch of different shapes. And the whole idea is to be the cat knocking off certain things from the table and hopefully get it to land in the appropriate shape of whatever object it is that you've knocked off. And then if you do it well enough, then your owner comes in and yells at you.
0: (laughs) Hell Shooter
1: hell shooter uh, run and gun for sure kind of doom style um uh but the, the 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 twist is that it's all of the angels that have infiltrated hell and now you are trying to get them out of hell so you can rule the roost once more
0: nice cat fender
1: cat fender So, like, I'm trying to decide if we're defending cats or if we put them on cars. I like that idea. A cat fender. So, (laughs) 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 it's uh, probably a racing game. And uh, the idea is how many cats can you rack up in your grill as you're driving along?
0: Sounds demented.
1: Don't don't hate me, (sighs) animal lovers. I didn't create the game.
0: She did not. Snuffles and Company.
1: Snuffles and Company. So is it like Sesame Street? Yeah. So like Snuffleupagus has finally broken free from Sesame Street and has gotten his own show. Um, But it is quite sad. Mm. And so um, the whole point is to surround yourself with uh, better company and make a successful children's show.
0: Oh, bird. (laughs) (laughs) Snowball save summer.
1: Snowball save summer. Um, I'm just going to say this is one of your simple, like, snow cone simulation games. So you're driving a food truck, kind of like a a paper boy or something like that. And um, it's insanely hot outside. And so your job is to go out at the peak heat of the day and sell your snow cones and make a business out of that. So, like, you know, eventually you'll buy more food trucks and you'll have employees. So, yeah.
0: You're all over. And finally... Sheep sling.
1: I think this is probably just as simple like the goat simulator. Like you are seeing how far you can fling these sheep into open pastures. And there's probably uh, different targets on the ground. Uh, And of course, amazing sound effects, you Mm. know, as the sheep are flying. um, And of course, when they land. Um, And uh, I think it'll just take you through different um, levels where you're flinging them in space or you're flinging them off of towers or things like that and then the whole point is to get them as far out as you can into the targets that are drawn on the ground
0: all right that sounds really demented
1: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't make the game again i
0: know you did you didn't make the game that's very true
1: (laughs) just telling you what it's about
0: all right now it's time for our weekly review and lace you've got a review for us do you not
1: i do yes you um, are been playing some graveyard keeper graveyard keeper yeah um See? i think you played it for a little bit right
0: <laughs> i have Never played it a little get... bit uh i've gotten i don't really know where exactly into the game i guess overall i would probably say i'm still kind of early on i got the uh church open okay so i'm in there trying to to get it built so i think that's about where i left off
1: yeah, that's probably a little bit further past there where I got, because like, I, I know I'm going to keep this one a little bit short, because I know the game has been out for a while. Um, so basically, I've just kind of formed this in my own kind of thoughts and opinions. I don't know if you're someone who's watched my stream or been to my YouTube or things like that and kind of has a feel for what type of games that I already play. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Graveyard Keeper, it's a, it's a nice little pixel 2D adventure game is how I'm going to describe it. I know a lot of people want to use stardew valley as a, as a big example for this game um but i would like to say in my opinion in the aesthetics and possibly mechanics is exactly where it stops for those comparisons so if you're on the fence about playing this game because you're like mm, stardew valley it's another farming sim it's it's nothing like that stardew fam- valley is a is a farming simulator and that's pretty much it. You know, you build up your farm, you have a small little world you can run through, and you meet people. In um, Graveyard Simulator, it's very, very story-focused. So um, I'll just go ahead and, and jump into that there. So you play a character thats he is from the 21st century. He goes out for the evening. And uh, on his way home, unfortunately, something terrible has happened. And he gets hit by a car, and he is killed. But he does wake up but he's in a different time altogether. He's now in the medieval times. This is definitely not an accurate portrayal of medieval times, but uh, <laughs> it is a little fun twist on the era. Uh, so th- this game doesn't take itself seriously all as you can imagine. The opening scene is him going out, he gets killed, he's woken up. Now this ghost is telling him, you are now in this this era, you have, um, you're dead. I'm going to introduce you to your sidekick, basically, and you just have to figure this out. And your sidekick ends up being a sentient skull. Um, I don't know if anybody ever read the Dresden Files that listen to this. He kind of reminds me of that, because Dresden had um, this skull that was just all-knowing, all-being type uh, skull. So anytime you had any kind of issues and you just needed to know something about the supernatural realm, you came to this skull. So uh, he He's basically, you find out later that this skull is, uh, was a drunk in his, uh, in his lively days. So basically, as soon as you meet the skull is when now you're starting to get introduced to the world. Um, now questing starts to become a thing. And one of your first quests is to bring the skull back beer. And if you bring the skull back beer, he's going to give you hints and tips on how you can get back home. Because your whole goal in this game is just get back to your, your correct time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and get back to the love of your life. So it's a romantic comedy, if you will. (laughs) Uh, So uh, as it goes on, you get introduced to the cleric. Now, this is where things start to um, kind of take shape. So you're listening to the cleric, and your job now is you are the graveyard keeper, and you are to try to get the grave back into its glory days. Um, He gives you um, a score that you have to get your graveyard back up to, which is what will finish uh, the the storyline or get it continued on um, then he starts to explain to you how that's going to happen um, so as soon as the talking donkey the talking donkey drops off the dead body close to your home um, it, which kind of is a little Monty Python-esque. I feel like it was a nod to that, because trust me, this game doesn't take itself seriously at all. There's tons of puns, really bad jokes. Uh, but it, to me, it was entertaining. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm glad that they made it just that little bit different. Um, And so once you've talked to the donkey, pick up the body, the body has a score. So this is where you're going to find out the meat and potatoes of this game is that... You take the body, you want to try to get there as soon as possible. You hear the bell, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully you hear the bell. I can't tell you how many days went by that I was wondering why I didn't have a dead body to go take care of and then go down there and find it's been completely decayed. Uh, But you want to pick (laughs) up the body uh, and do an autopsy on it or a version of an autopsy. So it kind of takes a little bit of a dark twist here. Um, so you think it's all great, you're out, you chop your wood, you pick your flowers, you do all of the kind of nice little fun things that you would do in a simulation game like this. But now you're extracting meat, flesh, and fat from the dead bodies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so you want to be able to do this in a way that doesn't butcher the body, because yes, there is a score. Um, and you at first can only extract the meat from the body and the fat. Then you want to turn around and hopefully take it and bury it right away because there are scores to this. Once you're in the autopsy room, you can see that there is a red and a white skull that is associated with it. So if you clean the body very well and get to it while it's still in about the 95% range on up, you'll get a white skull, which means everything's perfect because yes, the type, the the situation that the body ends up in does affect how well your grave looks. Even though you're never going to see this body, it's still part of the score. So. Once you've buried it, then you get a better score depending on how well you decorate it. Do you want to put a gravestone on it, which is always recommended? They have like a nice little border wall that you could put around it just to make it look nicer. You'll clean up the debris that's around the graveyard. and You want to get it to a different score. That's how you can hopefully get yourself further into the story. Hmm. Um, so the percentage will go from white, which is what you want, and then the white that has like a wreath around it. So the white skull with a wreath around it. That's your top score for this. Um, if you have any red in there, it's, it could be fine if you decorate it well enough. Uh, but if you don't and you're ready to get rid of all of those bodies that make your score low, you can just dig it up and throw it in the river. That's I didn't what know you, you do. Could do that. <laughs> so, if you happen to walk by a body, you're like, crap, that's been sitting there for a couple days and I forgot to come down here and get it and it's decayed all the way, you just throw it in the river, which um, they definitely make sure you understand it is their drinking water as well. So, keep that in mind as you're doing this. But why <laughs> do you want to keep the fat in the meat? Well, here's where we go into town. So, as you're going into town, the first place you want to go into is the bar in the inn. Um, you talk to the bartender there and he will let you know that, yes, you can sell him the meat. They, in fact, love to buy it there. Uh, But you are missing one key thing for him to buy the meat from you, which is the official stamp of approval for the meat, which just shows that it's certified, that you got it from a legitimate place. He tells you how nice it looks and he would love to buy it from you, but you need this stamp. Um, Now, of course, you're never going to get the real stamp. So this is where you start to finally pick up all of these quests. Your first quest now is to go get an unofficial stamp and this is how you learn that you can start to make some money in the game. So as you're taking these different pieces from the bodies, you can get a stamp to make it an approval, and he will buy it from you at the bar, um, which you will find out later on. There's a lot of other things that you can sell back as well. But I'll, I'll leave that for a spoiler, because I know I'm probably not saying anything new if you've played this game. Um, but it's basically I think it's teaching you where you need to go to accomplish certain tasks so um, you go to the bar that's how you learn how you do this and you can make money the same way you would go visit the blacksmith down there and he'll send you on a quest so that when you come back now you can make your nails and all this kind of stuff which brings me to my next point about the building in the game 100% necessary so in some of these simulation type games you buy the building you put it up Mm -hmm. you reap the benefits from it In this one, you are absolutely building everything. So what I mean is you're chopping the wood. You have to uh, unlock the blueprint. There's this massive skills tree that is in this game for Mm -hmm. many different facets that you would go. Uh, But you have to unlock that building. Once you've unlocked that building, you make that building. Now you can make wood planks, uh, different types of boards, and things of that nature that you might need to build other buildings or you have to build the furnace so that when you go collect the ore that you can smelt it down into iron so you can make the nails. It's very detailed. So it's not like you're just gathering the materials and you can put it up. You're gathering the materials, making the materials into what you need to be able to build the building so long as you've unlocked building so that could be the one thing that i think could be very intimidating to some people is there is a ton to unlock so if you're the type that opens up and sees massive skill trees that can go all over the place and that is daunting to you beware that is exactly how this is um and speaking of you can't just unlock them by just simply gaining experience you actually have to gain points So there are red, uh, green, and blue points, which you will find early in the game. The red and the green points are pretty easy to collect, actually. So with like green points, um, you get things from like nature activities, uh, picking the flowers, chopping the trees, um, harvesting crops, sand digging, clearing the vines, things like that. So those are pretty easy to collect. Uh, The red points come from building and doing those kinds of activities. So making your machines, making your weapons, just even crafting the materials needed to make the different parts of the buildings that gets you red points. Um, but blue is the faith points. And that was the one that for the longest time confused me on how I was even supposed to get them. Cause nothing I was doing in the world was collecting blue points for me. Um, but I finally found out once you unlock the church, now you can start doing different activities that start to earn you faith points. Mm. Um, so, um, Like the there's different prayers that I guess you can do, different ceremonies that you take part of. And one of the things is you do eventually unlock different procedures in your autopsy. So once you've spent your points again in your skill tree, so now instead of just extracting meat and fat, you can do the heart, the lungs, the intestines, your skull, the brain. I mean, yes, it's a little morbid. Um, but mind your inventory space because some of these organs do not stack. Just to keep that in mind, um, and then you can examine them after the church is done as well. And once you've examined them, those uh, give you more blue points as well. So once you start getting all of these and into the swing of things, you'll start to find that unlocking the different stuff does start to become a lot easier. It's just kind of a slow burn. I will say that about the game. It is a little of a slow burn. You you've probably got to invest about two to three hours to really get past that tutorial to really start to get into the heart of what I think the game is meant to do. Um, and then outside of that, I thought it was very clever the way they did the day and night system. So mm-hmm. that, that that kind of alludes also to the, the, the type of humor that the game has. So you go to the bar, for instance, you talk to some of the characters, and they're talking about that crazy astrologer that's down the road believing the Earth is round and trying to peddle his nonsense, you know? <laughs> And, you know, and you're like, well, I I, I thought the Earth, you can either respond that you thought the Earth was round, you could try to blend in that you're supposed to be from this time and be like, yeah, he's crazy, right? Like, the Earth is totally flat. And they also believe that it's a six-day week, which was interesting because they named it after the seven deadly sins, minus greed. So, nice. And they're all associated with certain symbols. So right. as you see it on the top, it'll have the different symbols for what day of the week it is, lust, pride, sloth, you name it. Um, and then certain characters will only present themselves on certain days, which is also located in the same screen you'd find your skill tree. Um, after you've met all the different characters, they do pop up there, and if you picked up a quest from them, it'll tell you what you still need to do and on what day of the week that they'll be around for you to turn it in. Um, so I just thought that was kind of a cute little touch to um, the night and day cycle, not just your typical Sunday through Monday type fair. Um, but I also want to say that the basic... Now that the basics of what it is, this game is totally 100%, I think, about the quests and the story. This is Mm. where it gets so much different than those other simulation games because it's very story heavy. There's tons of quests to pick up, almost to the point where I was a little overwhelmed because I'm the type that I just talk to everybody when I go out and play these games. I talk to every single person. They give you quests and obviously kind of along the same vein. A lot of them are fetch quests. Go get this for me and then I do this for you. Um... So the, the only thing that I would say was kind of a bummer for me is the pacing of the game. Mm. Like I was mentioning earlier, it is a little slow. Um, and especially at the beginning, you're walking everywhere. You know, That's my understanding. It's always <laughs> going to be a walk. You're never running. I don't see anything in the skill trees about buying a horse or doing anything like that. And it's a pretty big world, honestly, that they created for this type of game. So when you're having to walk from one end of town to the completely other one, so I'm not like. Sometimes it's a two minute jaunt because you're going mm-hmm. through one big area and then boom, now the town is there. And then you got to go all the way through the town and then, you know, the other side and then you unlock different things. But as you start to unlock the church, you will find that there are starting to be some underground tunnels that you can unlock by, again, gathering certain materials, getting certain um, things that might be in the way, out of the way. And it does make it shorter, mm-hmm. but you're still walking. But it, yeah. it does make it shorter, so you go into the basement and you walk across at least just one screen, go out the door, and now you're in town instead of having to walk through the farms and doing all of that. But if, that's, if slow pacing is an issue, it's a slow pace. It's definitely a slow pace. Um, so it's not a deal breaker for me by any stretch of the imagination, but to me, if you're in like a really long session of play, it just starts to become tedious. That's, yeah. that's my only uh, real complaint about it. Um, And even the energy system that's in it, especially in the beginning, as most games will be, it tends to deplete super fast. You go and chop down Mm. one tree, you're tired. And it's like a balance of trying to take naps and come back out so you can finally get into the heart of the game. Um, Unless you're really good about cooking and making all of those different items for yourself that you can take while you're going out to keep the energy up and everything. But that also takes energy. So you probably have to dedicate a whole day to just cooking a bunch of bread or your hamburgers with the meat or whatever <laughs> it is that you want to cook yourself. Um, and the, the crafting system is huge. That was another thing that I briefly mentioned on there earlier. Um, it, it was a little overwhelming for me because uh, a lot of the times the game does a great job of explaining how to do some things, but kind of really bad at a lot of the others. So I was fortunate the very first time I ever played this game, I streamed it live. Mm -hmm. Um, And it had a pretty nice following this game already from people who were involved in the beta and the alpha and things like that and had seen it. um, That there were certain things where I just didn't know how to make this building or whatever it was and it never really hinted at the fact that you were supposed to unlock it with points. So I'm just looking through all of my blueprints. I don't have a blueprint that says anything about it. Um, so thankfully I had people in chat that were like, actually you need to have this many red and green points to unlock the blueprint, to be able to make the thing that you're trying to build so you can craft the board or whatever. So I feel like those things kind of slowed it down for me a lot too. Cause I probably spent forever just wandering around, looking through every screen, trying to figure out how in fact do I make a plank? You know and so uh that's the only thing um and and then just a little grindy i guess if you always have to go pick up the iron you have to go pick up the wood you have to chop it down you have to saw it into the pieces you gotta get you know and do all of that mm-hmm. uh, but again it really shines with the with the dialogue the puns the uh i mean you're talking to a donkey and a hopping skull you can't take it much more serious than that. <laughs> um, I, I, all in all, I mean, I give it a, I think I give it a really nice score. If you're into just kind of some relaxing games that has a really fun story um, and, and and you like the, the, that type of grind, I think you're gonna really enjoy it. Like me, from a story rich uh, game perspective, the, the, the story is awesome. I think for me, it was just the different grindy things along the way that sometimes just took too much time for me. Um, that and maybe that's just now that I've gotten into the day and age where things just the pace seems to be much faster and so your ADD kicks in a little bit when I'm having to walk along or gather <laughs> all of the different wood. so I, I don't want to knock it just because I found the grind a little too tedious on certain aspects because um, I know certain people love that part of games too so I'm just kind of throwing in my own opinion there if you're the type that likes long stories, because I don't know that I'll ever even get around to beating it. It'll take me forever, because it's such a long game. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be one of those that I'll probably pick up for an hour or two here a couple times a week to try to get through, because I am interested to see all the story, because I wanted to get back to his true love. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's very concerned about it. I've been playing it, and from the role-playing perspective, of I'm just blending in with the townsfolk. Right. So anytime they say something crazy, you know, the earth is flat or I'm doing this. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that astrologer is freaking <laughs> nuts, man. And even one girl's asking, you can't talk to me until you have more charisma. And I was just, oh, OK, I'll come back on less day and then I'll have more charisma for you. <laughs> you know, and so it was just like certain things like that that I just found really endearing about the game. Mm. And that would be enough to keep me playing it, although I know it will take me a long time. So sure. You want a really nice game and you hated Stardew Valley, don't give up because it's nothing like Stardew Valley <laughs> outside of maybe the aesthetics and, and and how you move and the mechanics on interacting with the world is, is exactly, in my opinion, where the comparisons end on those two. Hmm. So um, if you hated Stardew Valley, you may not hate this one. Um, if you were a huge fan, it might be enough to draw you in because at least you already know the gameplay mechanics. Um, And if you also have just a little bit of a dark side to you and like chopping up bodies and making jokes about it and keeping their insides in your box in your bedroom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) could fulfill that need for you as well. (laughs) Tiny Build usually publishes some pretty great games. So I I, I definitely think, especially for the price point that it is and the length of game that you're getting there, I I, I don't think you could go wrong with it.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the the time that I played it, I would say, kind of where you were talking about where it was being tedious, mm-hmm. the the uh, stamina meter was kind of bothering me a little bit and then I, I was finally starting to get into a habit of building everything, like I was starting to get all my my tool uh, stations and, and mm-hmm. building stations and stuff like that to where I could actually work on getting the, the church open and Everything made, and it just seemed like every time I was turning around trying to make something for it, I had to go take a nap. And I was like, "Right, come on you now." It so does it feel like that at the beginning, things like that.
1: Um, I know you could finally unlock some things, and like I said, if you're if you're diligent at dedicating at least a day to cooking, making um, you know the mm-hmm. different foods that you could make or the drinks that you could take, um, then you can last a little bit longer. Um, yeah. But, they yeah, your energy depletes quite fast.
0: Mm-hmm. But, I mean, beyond that, I mean, I'd still want to go back to it and try it out, you know, but Spider-Man, so oh, that's, no, I, that's I, yeah. to blame. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's but, definitely one of those games that I, I don't mind picking up in the between, you know, if yeah, that makes sense, um, because I'll never be able to just... I don't have time to just sit down and be able to play this game from start to finish and and have it done. Mm-hmm. As you know, there's so many different games that you've got to dabble in when you're doing these these sorts of things with sure. podcasts or streaming or anything like that to keep you up to date on what's going on. That mm-hmm. There's not that much time anymore to want to just play one game from start to finish unless you know it's like an eight or nine hour Kind of thing, but this I could see being hundreds of hours put in, especially Mm. if there's a sandbox mode. I should have looked that up. I'm not even sure if, like, once you've completed the story, if you can just go back and yeah, continue to build, Mm. um, and just stay a graveyard keeper. So if you you know, know, let me know.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I I haven't, uh, I haven't heard, but maybe our audience knows. Who knows? Right. You know, I mean, if we could do this for a living, we could play them all day.
1: Right. (laughs) You know.
0: But help, anyway. the help You can
1: help that out, too.
0: Yeah. But anyway, everybody, that is our show. I'd like to uh, thank all of you who listen every week. We appreciate your love and support. If you want to support the show even more, you can go to patreon.com slash productions or pencilandpaperproductions.podbean.com and click become a patron in the top right-hand corner. Also, if you have a topic you'd like for us to discuss, something you want to share, maybe even tell us what amused you this week, like uh, our friend Astro did, that that just that tickled me. I don't know why. You know. <laughs> it was just something I did, you know, a voice, and he 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 commented on it and just, I don't know, made me feel good. There you go. Uh, you can do the same and hit us up on Twitter at SuperMegacrash or drop us a line at SuperMegacrash at gmail.com. Tell your friends to look us up under the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network, which is found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. I am Stephen White.
1: I'm Lacia Finley.
0: Join us again next time, Super Mega Crash siblings. But until then, game on! pencil and paper podcast network production.